It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what your education is. We are facing the same situation. We're in an absolute crisis. And if we do not start to unify and, and come together as one and stop separating ourselves and start understanding our connections, we're not going to survive here. Welcome to Voices of Esalen. I'm Sam Stern. Our guest today is Lucia Haran, interviewed by Esalen's Greg Archer. Lucia was born and raised at Esalen and grew up dancing with Gabrielle Roth, founder of the Five Rhythms Method. She leads and co-leads groups in the fields of Buddhist meditation, yoga, trauma, addiction, grief, women's power, motion theater, and wild dolphins. Today, she spoke about how the coronavirus is changing our lives and how we can most skillfully dance with our new reality. Welcome everyone, I'm Greg Archer, and it's wonderful to connect with our Esalen community here today. We have the dynamic Lucia Horn joining us for this Esalen interview. Lucia, welcome, what a delight to connect with you today. Thank you, thank you for having me. It's a joy to be here with you, Greg. How has this time been for you? (laughs) Yeah, curious time, interesting time. I think, like for many people, it's been a mixed bag with a lot of different emotions that have been coursing through this experience from the weeks as they evolve and change. And most recently, what I really feel is that this has been a time of deep reflection for me and a a time to really reassess where I am and what I'm doing in the world and my impact in the world. So I've really taken this time to dip into the empty space and do some deeper reflections. So how are are you staying connected to your extended community during this time? Because you do a lot of workshops throughout the year uh, with a lot of you know big gatherings, I'm, I'm sure it must be different now. I mean, obviously, all of us are in a different space now. We're at home, um, but how are you remaining connected to your community? What are some ways you're you remaining connected? Well, on a personal level, just simple ways that I think everybody is staying connected these days in the sense of a lot of internet and FaceTime and Zoom meetings and phone calls and just trying to reach out to my friends and family around the world who I love and miss and am concerned about. I'm not doing a lot of teaching right now. I'm doing a lot of private work with clients um, online. And aside from that, just really trying to stay connected through um, seeing each other virtually. But it's, you know, it's, it's hard to feel the distance, especially with my family who's very nearby, but my parents are, are older and we don't want to risk exposing each other. So um, it's been like for everybody, been really challenging to be so close and yet so far away. And I think that's the same for many people who live near their families, but have chosen to remain in the safety of isolation. Every day, I feel like I want to push that edge a little bit and say, just, is it okay if we see them yet? And yet here we are remaining inside of our very small bubble. So the the only other way I feel like I'm staying connected beyond the virtual world is just through the dance and through the prayer, which I feel like connects me to the larger network that we're a part of. What do you feel that this current pandemic, this time, is attempting to teach us? We are all in this together. <laughs> Well, I think that it's the most obvious one is that I think most people are, are 
looking at right now and what I feel very deeply is that we're in a situation where our world has been divided by language, race, culture, religion, education, and all of these systems, which really in the end of the day have been broken down to make us aware of the fact that we are in a shared experience of this reality. And it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what your education is, we are facing the same situation. And it's been really, really powerful to see everyone in the world just stop and to see that collectively we have a lot more power than we ever uh, realized. And when you look at the crisis we're in, both with this pandemic as well as with the uh, climate change right now, we, by simply pausing, are having this tremendous impact on the world and the consciousness beginning to change. Uh, And I think that that's Ultimately, uh, what we're facing right now is a a really a piercing of this membrane of uh, the idea of separation. And suddenly now as that is that is broken apart, we're recognizing it. This is leaving no one behind. We are certainly all citizens of the world facing this uh, current crisis. And the humans are really on the number one of the extinction list right now. We're just, we're in an absolute crisis. And if we do not start to unify and and come together as one and stop separating ourselves and start understanding our, our connections we're not going to survive here. So this is this is a this is a choice right now. And in whatever strange way this is coming to us, I, I hope that the silver lining in this experience is that people start understanding, recognizing, and making different choices uh, to 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 understand our our impact in the global situation that we're in right now, so that we can start to see each other as unified instead of divided and when you look at politics and by it just it's we're just constantly dividing each other and this is one thing that is bringing us together and i hope that it has a very long lasting effect connects us with ourselves and groups uh, when we're together in that capacity. Let's dive into the magic of five rhythms if if we can uh, for a little bit. Can you share why this practice is so effective and maybe move move us through the mystique? And every time you speak of this, I love when you talk about it because there's so much passion when you you speak of it, but no pressure. Don't feel like you have to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that one of the interesting things about the piercing of consciousness when part of what Gabrielle was so fascinated with was how energy moves and how consciousness change. There is a very direct path which we find in the dance where normally we're living in this uh, delusion of separateness from everyone. And when we dance, we very, very quickly come into an experience of, of oneness, feeling a part of something, feeling connected to something larger than ourselves in our individualistic and narcissistic ways. So I often think of the the movement and the meditation of movement as being this incredible direct path where we're unifying the sacred trinity of breath, movement, and spirit to harness us in 
to present time awareness, it's awakening this deep magic of interconnection. And in some strange way, that's also what this pandemic is doing. Maybe not with the glory and sweetness, it's coming with a lot of tragedy and, and grief with it. But the dance itself has a way to inter, to connect us very quickly. I look at this all as energy in motion. That's what Gabrielle taught us to do. And as we look at even this pandemic, we're, we're given through the language of the five rhythms a way to understand what we're experiencing and simply see it as energy in motion. So here we are. And in the first weeks of this crisis happening, we're taking in the truth of this situation and we see that as a very flowing energy this this illness has come in and now it is permeated around the world when we came into that truth there became the second stage a staccato stage where one where we all had to isolate and put ourselves into protection and staccato is the young energy which allows us to draw the boundary around ourselves to create protection around the heart the body the mind but it also is the bridge that connects us to others so in that young energy though we're protecting isolating and drawing boundaries we're also finding that larger heart connection with the world just in a different way and as we isolate and come in we see oh there's another energy which is arising now in the planet which is the chaos energy it's the union of the feminine and masculine or yin and yang energies and it starts to break everything apart it's breaking apart the the way that we understand the world now the way that we move in the world the way that we interact with each other and travel to see our impact in our carbon footprint and take things in a way to, I guess you say, there's like this, just this surrendering to this larger truth, which we which is very inconvenient for us. And life has a time where this chaos energy comes in and it starts to break everything apart. That energy, when you look at it, not as negative or positive, but just purely as energy and movement, we start to see the chaos is here also to serve us in some way. The breaking apart and the deconstruction, which many of us are experiencing in the world right now, also is the very energy that lends to great change. Unfortunately, often it takes a big crisis. It takes a, a lot of loss for our humankind to be willing to change. And this is certainly that energy. Chaos has broken apart the way that we move in the world, the way that we understand the world, even the illness itself. So here we are in this, in this massive state of chaos. Our systems, our economies are breaking down. We are riding this huge wave of chaos. And that's what this pandemic is. And it holds inside of it all of the grief and all of the emptying. But in order for any kind of great change to happen, this is the cost. This is the way the, the universe changes things. So we deconstruct, we rearrange. And when we come back together, you'll see there is the lyrical stage of the energy in motion, which Gabrielle named this state where everything is altered now from the experience that we've been through. The peak of that experience will crescendo and as it the wave starts to break and the energy starts to shift and we start to get a hold of 
the pandemic, we are all going to be changed. We are all going to be rearranged in some way, shape or form. The way we move in the world, the way we interact, our awareness around our movements, our contacts, our germs, all of these things are rearranging consciousness in a certain way. And so that's really the lyrical stage of how this wave is moving through our world and breaking across our world. And it will come to the fifth rhythm as well. As we change, then we're then asked to enter into the stillness of the energy and that is to integrate to take time and space to allow for the changes to settle in and and integrate them so that we can see how different we are as individuals and as a collective whole based on the experience of this movement uh, and the wave of energy which has broken through our our countries and our cultures and our world and when that arc has crested and we've moved from flowing, receiving this information as deep and tragic staccato to drinking, uh, making the boundaries to safe, safe and protected, surrendering to the great unknown and chaos that something bigger is happening that we don't, we can't control. Certainly in lyrical, we will be different from this experience collectively as human race. And in stillness, we will be asked to move forward and live with the truth of what has been changed due to this energy moving through our world at this time. And so we see in the language of understanding how energy moves, this beautiful reflection for what is happening right now. Gabrielle understood everything as energy. So she would see all that is moving just as in the natural cycle of life. And we are changed because of it accept, let go, surrender. This is happening now. And the more that we cling or push away, the more suffering we create for ourselves. The more that we can soften into the ease and grace of acceptance of what is happening in the world and that everything is changing, the more that we can have that ease in ourselves. And though it may be very painful, and it certainly is very painful for those people who are affected most directly by this virus, who have lost their loved ones around this and who are grieving now. And I think part of what we're also, our responsibility now is is to also accept, accept that that grief is is collectively a part of our experience as so many people are passing away that we know that we are connected to through these threads of 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 our of our lives and that we are holding that grief and moving with that grief in in a way that is allows it to to move and empty so that we aren't calcified and hardened and living in a constant state of fear the the opposite of that to hold everything in and to will will um eventually i think turn into a neurosis which is going to affect people negatively so if we can collectively hold all that's happening right now and allow for the grieving to move through us to serve us and wash the shores of our own hearts so that we can accept the changes that are happening now and the truth of those changes we support each other because this is too big for us to hold alone we have to hold this together think of all those who are passing now all their families who are affected by this we need to hold each other in this it's too much for any one person
so articulate and, and beautifully put. So flow, staccato, chaos, lyrical, stillness. And we can each learn from each of those energies. Correct. Yeah. And right now, the, the hardest part is to rest in the unknown. You know, when we're surrendering in the face of great chaos and great change, where we feel helpless, you know, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I do anything? And all we can do is stay home unless you're a healthcare worker. There is a great frustration in that. And we're a culture of doers and changers and making things happen. And we're so used to going out and, and operating that way. And now we're in a situation where the best thing we can do is to stay home and protect each other uh, and and protect ourselves so you know that resting in the unknown is that chaos element and chaos doesn't conveniently end when we want it to you know to un really understand no. the energy of chaos which I've dedicated my life to and the Gabrielle's work to you know it's like it comes in these waves, wave after wave. And then you think the wave is done. You think that set is finished and you're exhausted from it. And another one comes and another one comes until it slowly, slowly starts to subside. But it is not convenient. It is not something that we choose. It's something that is just moving. So all we can do is rest in the unknown for now, surrender, let go, accept what is, and know that this too shall pass. And it may take time. When you talk about, you know, since we are all at home, we, we can move and practice these, these different um, phases or different aspects of the five rhythms at home. Uh, if, if you were to suggest to people a, a good way to begin, even if they're new to it, um, what, what, sort of, what comes to mind? I mean, can they go to your website? Can they look at some things that might inspire them to actually begin practicing that kind of movement? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of online offerings right now. So uh, if you go to the five rhythms.com website, then you'll see the listing of all the online classes there. And um, they're going on at every time of day around the world. We have over 400 teachers around the world and many, many of them are now holding online, se online sessions. So, um, there is also a Five Rhythms app, which allows you access to classes and lectures and um, um, workshop information, which uh, is just uh, readily available. And I always, of course, uh, uh, invite people to read Gabrielle's books. And now that many people are at home, maybe having more time than normal uh, to, to, to look into the work that she's written because it's really profound. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. So I'm curious, having been close to Gabrielle, um, what are one or two amazing bits of wisdom that you took away from being with her and working with her? Because uh, she was quite an extraordinary being. Well, there's so many things to pull from and so many moments that I've shared with her in my life of growing up and on the dance floor and, and with her, I, you know, one of the most powerful things that she um, taught was um, about the, the discipline that it takes to be free. And though her form is a method, there's a tremendous amount of freedom inside of it. And I think that a lot of us are looking for a sense of connection, um, feeling isolated in, um, in different ways in our lives. And she offered us this very simple map 
to understand how the energy moves and to work with a discipline that has a tremendous amount of freedom within it. And I realized over the years that there is something so simple about that, that when I'm able to trust a very simple method, a method that works and has worked for a long time, uh, all the magic happens inside of that. If I simply just trust the rhythms and trust the, the practice, everything else happens. And I don't need to add anything to it. Um, so I, it's something that I, the, the deep wisdom around um, understanding the relationship of the, of the yin and the yang, the discipline and the freedom and the stillness and the movement. And there is represented all of life to, in some degree. Gabrielle was a mystic, you know, she was this incredible mystical person who could look straight through you. I mean, one of her, her greatest abilities was her capacity and uh, to see people, to really see them deeply and to pierce straight to the core she gave me an understanding and a connection to my body as a vehicle and a vessel and an oracle to connect to the divine and connect to myself connect to others to connect to the universe to the great mystery to the spirit to life and to see beyond the the normal understandings of of division and separateness and I think that uh, it's in that place that for me, um, I wanted to journey, but also wanted to come back and be able to share with others so that our world can live in a more connected and compassionate way. sink in just like hearing that yeah yeah thank you for sharing that how would you define spirit the great unknown <laughs> there's probably no there's probably no perfect answer for that question right I mean that's the ultimate search you know what is spirit I, I when we when we start to dissect a question like that and look at what is spirit according to my view or according to the teachers that I've worked with, um, there's really a, a direct connection between breath and spirit. You know, it's like this the mystery that animates us that that unifies and fuses with the cellular structure of our bodies and that breath and that union is what creates the mystery of aliveness of all sentient beings. I mean, I, I only know that spirit and soul is magnified with breath. And in many, many cultures and languages, actually breath and spirit are the same word. English is one of the few languages that separates spirit and breath Yeah, into two different words. When there is not a lot of breath, there is often not a lot of spirit or energy or mana or chi. And the more that I am able to move and the more that I get rooms moving and hundreds of people and more moving collectively together, 
there's an opening of the vessel of the body and the more breath that comes down and comes into us and comes through us, the more that spirit rises in the room. Mm -hmm. Now I watched and observed through working with thousands of people around the world, what raises spirit, what raises soul, you know, what, what actually ignites that passion and that that aliveness inside of us and uh, I find a direct relationship between the sole of your foot and the soul inside mm. the sole of your foot and the soul inside and when we lift our feet and we raise the soul of our foot and then we start to come alive and we become more alive and more awake and more attuned and more alert Oh, and all of the senses awakened and alive at this alivened at the same time. So my journey towards awakening soul and awakening spirit and understanding and even asking what that asking that question of what is this is to say raise your foot up, raise your soul up, raise the soul of your foot, and you raise the soul of the body. You know where does soul come from? It comes from the, from the deep down from the roots, from the ancestry, from the earth, that that's where we're driving and drawing that power from. When there's no breath, when there's no movement, when there's no, the soul is not moving, the soul is not moving. You know, the feet are not moving. The breath is not moving. It's all diminished. The bandwidth of our experience is slowed down so, so much. And then the more that we awaken the soul, the spirit, it becomes alive. The breath becomes alive. The broadband starts. And that's where this deeper communication happens. Oh, that. Uh, what, what do you love most about the work that you've been doing, this work? I love being with people. I love the work that I do in in tracking the collective energy and meeting people where they are and then taking them somewhere together. And and for me part of why it's been challenging at this time to really reframe my work to some degree into a virtual capacity is because what I relate to as a teacher and as a as a woman and as a mother and as a wife and in a leadership role in this time is because I'm with people, you know, and there's an aliveness to that. And it's it's sometimes harder to feel that same capacity when you're uh, experiencing each other virtually because the love and the passion that is awakened inside of me comes from the experience of being together of sitting together, of practicing quietly in stillness as a sangha, as a whole, as dancing collectively together. For me, there's that's that's where this is about. That's where the passion is for me. And it always has been born and raised in a community, dancing through communities um, in, in my life and throughout the world. It's the love and the passion. Mm, gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, Ask people this a lot. What brings you a sense of uh, wonder and awe? <laughs> uh, well, that's right now an easy one to answer because I have a two-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> and everything everything is amazing. Just watching her develop and watching her 
eyes in wonder, seeing things for the first time and uh, taking walks with her and seeing the, the drips of, of water hanging from the, from the spider's webs and, you know, the fruit and the flowers. And it's just this amazing way to see the world with, with such wonderment through a child's eyes. And I think anyone who has a child understands that as you go through different periods of their life, you revisit those uh, periods of your own life to reawaken the way that we saw at those different ages and stages and uh, to s the wonderment in the the youth and the understanding um, that she's coming to is just an absolute joy. I've never felt more um, blessed in my life. Esalen's a lot about expanding our human potential. How has this work helped you expand yours? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I have there's you know my, the work that I do has as many folds inside of it and many facets, but um, primarily. I'm first and foremost trained and studied with the five rhythms, but also deeply, deeply connected to the insight practice and the path of the Dharma, the path of the Satipatthana, the path of awakening or becoming. You know, there, as Rumi said, there are a thousand ways to, to kiss the ground and there are a thousand gateways in. Um, as we access our, I think, our human potential as individuals, we're also accessing our human potential as a collective. For me, um, one of the biggest pieces of that experience has been as I've worked through my own process of healing and um, different traumas to be broken apart in soul, mind, heart, and body through trauma and the impact of trauma kind of splitting apart all of these different aspects, which I thought I had a grip on understanding. and. Um, for for myself living through experiences where I felt very victimized and not sure if I would ever change the view on that, doing the work has helped me reframe the uh, relationship to my experience of what I've lived through. And that reframing has brought a tremendous amount of appreciation and gratitude and joy to things I never thought I would be uh, in appreciation for. And that's to say that as we shift and do the work, we start to um, take out, take each of the pieces of, of our own brokenness and put them together into wholeness. And that resiliency of recovering and unifying uh, actually has made me much stronger than I ever thought I would um, or could be. And in that, I've been expanded my own uh, capacity for compassion and to as I've leaned into my own suffering I've also come to a place of healing which has allowed me to help and hold space and be with other people's suffering in a very very deep way and when you look at the sitting with and hearing the stories and dancing through the things that people are suffering in the life in their lives of losing children and parents and um you know, there's just the, the, the traumas of our culture. We are in an era where we need 
to be able to go beyond ourselves and beyond myself and my issues to transform them so that uh, our my greatest hindrances can become and has become my greatest strength and as that becomes a strength and a, a power then I also am empowering others to do the same so that we collectively can grow stronger and expand our capacity to be, to be with what is in ourselves and what is in the world around us and I think that that's a huge aspect of our human potential is like to transform our own stories. We can't change that there is pain. We can't change what the story is, but we can change our relationship to it. And that itself brings a tremendous amount of liberation, which I think is the ultimate work of the Dharma and the work of awakening our human potential uh, individually and collectively. Mm. Yes to that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, one last question for you. What's the most interesting thing you've been learning about yourself lately? <laughs> I wish I just had a perfect answer for you, Greg, on that one. I might have to get back to you. But uh, what I've been, what I know right now uh, feels like very little. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess this sense of, you know, coming into any kind of mastery and having an idea that I know something and having a situation that really breaks apart what I know about myself. I mean, I know there, I know the wisdom inside, I know the path and the journey, but how this looks and the structure of the trajectory in which I'm traveling, I feel like I'm resting more in the unknown right now than the known. And I think that that's something that I have been learning about is a, is the, reconfiguration of self and at my age and um, where I am as a new mother I'm actually doing the opposite of saying instead of saying what do I know now I'm actually doing the opposite and and asking myself who am I now who am I in this and I don't have the answer I'm looking for the answer and I'm asking the universe who am I now Lucia, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it, it's a joy to connect with you. It's always a joy to hear you speak of the five rhythms, but, but also about um, the fluidity of life and, and energy and how it moves. And uh, you articulate it so well. Um, where can we point people to learn more about you and your work? Please visit my website, which has a tremendous amount of information on it. Uh, LuciaHaran.com. And I have a lot of videos and um, information there and also break down how I work. So all the classes that I'm offering online now are free and you'll be able to get the information there off the website, luciaharan.com. And you'll also be able to see uh, the book um, uh, Dancing with the Dharma, which is a beautiful book of um, Dharma and Five Rhythms. Uh, so if anybody's interested in learning more about that or doing some private counseling, um, mentoring with me, uh, all the information is there on my website. And for uh, everyone, uh, Lucia does workshops at Esalen throughout the year. Please stay uh, connected with us. Learn more about Lucia's workshops and all of our workshops at esalen.org slash learn. You can stay connected with us during this time. We have a lot of different content that's coming out to um, inspire folks and keep us all connected during this pandemic dive into um, our site and press learn more. If you click on that and click on connection in a time of social distancing, 
you'll see a whole bunch of things there that might inspire you. So uh, thank you for joining us today, Lucia. Thank you again for your time. And um, may we all venture forth with some grace and ease. Thank you, Greg. It's been lovely to be with you. Uh, anybody who wants to email me, have any questions, uh, please do so. I'm available and I respond to everything. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you. Everyone be well. We'll see you very soon. Thank you for listening to Voices of Esalen. Today's show is produced in conjunction with Cheryl Franzel, Terry Gilby, Shannon Hudson, and Greg Archer. Our theme music is by Nico Holloman. Additional music is by James Forrest. You can find all of our podcasts on your favorite podcast player, as well as at esalen.org. The Esalen Institute is a nonprofit organization. Our show is made possible by your contributions. <laughs>